0: Hey there green future growers, thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app, and let's get growing. Hey everyone, have I told you about the Forager Project? They're a 100% organic plant-based food company based in California, dedicated to making the world a better place than they found it. Don't you love that? They make yogurts, kefirs, all these cool things out of organic cashews. Do you know that cashews are actually a seed on an apple? Yeah, I found the coolest um, video on cashews. Anyway, so they turn these cashews into sour cream, cottage cheese, milk, yogurts. Um, They're really delicious. They sent me samples actually in a FedEx box with ice. It was so cool. Um, They're absolutely delicious. Forager Project is passionate about creating healthy organic plant-based food and equally passionate about nurturing a healthy democracy. They believe that voting is the most essential ingredient needed to do this. Forger wants to inspire everyone to get out and vote. And that means you participate in our democracy. They provide voting resources and information for you at ForgerProject.com forward slash vote. Or on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, etc. At Forger Project. Cultivate Democracy. Vote. Welcome to the Organic Gardener podcast today. It is Monday, January 28th. Tomorrow is the four-year anniversary from when I launched the Organic Gardener podcast. And I have an exciting guest today. I think she's probably going to be a rock star millennial, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, She's from Farm School, New York City, or Farm School, NYC. So here to share with us today is Onika Abraham. Welcome to the show. Hello. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I'd like to think I'm a rock star, but I'm definitely not a millennial. <laughs> oh,
0: really? Okay. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, go ahead and tell listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. So I uh, reside here in beautiful Brooklyn, New York City, but I'm originally a New Yorker, um, but from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Um, and if anyone's familiar with New York City accents and the way I say Manhattan, it's very apparent that that's where I'm from, I'm dropping my T's and such. But um, yeah, so I was born and raised here in New York City. I was raised by parents who are both grew up on farms and always really loved visiting my grandparents and seeing them grow what they ate. It's always inspiring for me, and so I've really come full f- circle by returning um to that way of living in some ways um, by being the director of farm school NYC
0: Well I you know I always kinda start the show asking about your very first gardening experience. So growing up in New York where what was like what was your very first gardening experience? Like were you a kid? Were you an adult? What mm, was the first thing you
1: grew great question. Well I would have to say um, I, I grew up on the Lower East Side, and you know, on the 18th floor, my parents still live in the same apartment that I grew up on um, in a high-rise. And we were lucky enough to have this little terrace, um, which just out like a little concrete shelf over the East River Drive, um, looking over the East River of New York City. And wow. it does not sound like a bucolic farm, but that definitely. Is where I had my first gardening experience. Um, My mother grew up on a on a uh, maybe about mid-sized family farm in Alabama, and when she came here to New York City, she brought her love and passion for growing things um, with her, and so she just recreated that in a little postage stamp-sized terrace. And so I really grew up um, growing things in pots and containers on my mother's um, and our parents' uh, terrace. And so I think the first thing I grew had to be flowers. She mostly grew houseplants and all different types of flowers. Um, Vincas, marigolds were some of her favorites, I remember from when I was a kid. Um, And then, yeah, so I I would probably say maybe
0: a marigold. (laughs) Oh, that's, like, the sweetest story. I can totally picture, like, a little children's book because, you know, having grown up um, just east of the city, getting, like, I guess, like, I didn't get to meet many people that actually grew up in the city. I mean, I guess technically my cousins grew up on the Upper East Side. um, But I don't know. It just seemed to me like we only saw them at Christmas. And so, like, meeting somebody who actually grew up in New York City proper is pretty neat. And then that your mom has this little... Um, you know, all these pots and it just seemed like a bucolic garden maybe to you growing up is pretty neat. I don't know. I could just picture like a little children's book about it and you looking out your window and watering your plants. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Have you ever seen those books? The Gardener, The Librarian. I want to say her last name is Smart. Uh, oh. She's a children's book. Anyway, uh, I'm off topic. No, I'd l- I need to check that out. out because, I'll send you listen, links to them. I, my like... Are... uh like all-time dream is to be a children's book illustrator someday so I guess I maybe pay attention to those books and then like as an elementary teacher you know reading them to your students and I don't uh but so then tell listeners a little bit about what is Farm School NYC like is it for adults or kids like uh who who goes there and like what kind of classes do you have I guess if it's a school Mm -hmm.
1: Sure. So Farm School NYC is is a school. Um, It is a school for adults. So we have classes for adults based here in New York City, primarily, who are really interested in growing sustainably. Um, in, in, in concert with the environment and the planet and the people they're in. Um, so we definitely practice sustainable organic practices. Um, but there are people who are, really want to use that knowledge base to address some of the inequities in our society. So when we're looking at the disparities between um, people who have more limited resources and their health, um, and wellness and their access to healthy foods, um, our students really see a connection between what they can do in cultivating the land in this city to grow food and um, correcting or making some kind of impact on some of those health disparities and wealth disparities. And also just you know in, in terms of kind of bringing communities together culturally. Um, so we see um, our work at Farm School as a way of building community and, and building justice. Um, through the growing of food. And our students really vary. Um, Currently, we have uh, a cohort that's moving through our certificate program, which is people who are super dedicated and want to get a certification in urban agriculture, go through um, about 20 courses that we offer in succession, and they do uh, a season-long apprenticeship. Um, So we have about 20 um, to 30 people moving through that program uh, at any given year. And they take such a variety of courses. So um, we start off with a course that we call Training with Trainers. And it really gives people a grounding in the methodology of what we're trying to do at farm school. And that is to educate entire communities. So we see uh, the person who comes into our actual courses and sits in the chair and comes onto the farm with us as uh, one point of entry to a whole community of people who can then um, go on and learn and with this person and share that knowledge with that person in their own communities. Um, so they come in, they start taking courses with us. Um, and as a sort of range of people from young folks, um, anyone over the age of 18 can come and take courses with farm school. Um, so our youngest student in our current cohort is about, I think I think she's 20, maybe 21. And the eldest student is about 62. So uh, we have these very diverse, racially diverse, culturally diverse, um, age diversity, gender diversity, um, all coming together to learn how to feed each other and, and feed us.
0: I'm sorry, did you tell us already where, so is there an actual farm and like, where is that at?
1: that's the beauty of how uh, of our creation story at Farm School we were originally created as a collective of farms and farmers and educators and activists who came together from across the city and we're just thinking about all the different things that we really have here at our fingertips our resources that we have here and one thing that New York City does not lack at all believe it or not um, is space to grow Um, community garden space um, and um, lots of different uh, more non-traditional kind of rooftop farms and other types of farms have been popping up. Um, and there are over 600, you know, um, community gardens in New York City and a lot of other types of gardening spaces and growing spaces and farming spaces. So because we were developed by this collective of groups that – And people who already had access to land, Um, we didn't want to create something else that would compete with that for resources and it's very hard to, you know, fund these, um, these, these projects and um, to um, all the earned income, you know, that's required to kind of make them happen. Um, we didn't want to create a whole nother um, resource that needed to be maintained by this community but just really um, access and seed and in and invest in what already existed so what that means is that all of the hands-on aspects of our courses which is most of our coursework happens on different farms and gardens all over the city uh, part of the gardens and farms of our founders of our teachers of our students even. Um, And so we don't have our own farm. We go from, every farm is our farm in some sense, where we're going to um, different places throughout the five boroughs um, and sometimes beyond that to practice um, what we're learning with our students.
0: That is so cool. I bet people get to learn so much more by seeing all these different systems and different spaces. And who would have ever thought that there are 600 community gardens in New York City that's just amazing like is there a map of them like can the public go see them that would be so oh, fun yeah, to go sure. on a tour of 600 community gardens or just even 25 <laughs> <Like, laughs> <do me in. laughs> yeah
1: there, there are some great non that have done some mapping you know community gardens are part of my my childhood as well you know when i talk about that postage stamp you know um little concrete (laughs) uh, ledge that my mother turned into this beautiful kind of sky garden uh, that was replicated all over my childhood um, neighborhood. You know, I grew up on the lower East side of New York city and that is a place where um, people had reclaimed um, vacant lots from the sixties and seventies and really just created wonderful oases like all over that neighborhood. So when I was growing up, you know, I would leave my mother's little garden and I'd walk to school and around my neighborhood and I would see all of these little pocket gardens, just, you know, very small sometimes, just see the footprint of a, you know, maybe 20 by 20 and the footprint of a um, kind of a brownstone building in New York City, where that might have been torn down or burned down or was vacated in some way, Um Communities would come together and reclaim that space and clean it out and make it safe and green and a wonderful, lush, collective space for the whole community. And that's that's a huge part of what I saw growing up. And I think it had a really big influence on what I'm doing now.
0: Oh, but it did too. You know, I actually, my very first, uh, college experience was at Pratt in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. I went back there this summer with my mom and they have a huge like rose garden and flower garden and it's just, um, it's beautiful there now that I think mm-hmm. about it. And like some of my fondest memories of Pratt are sitting in there like. Which, when I was a kid, it seemed so much bigger to me, but like their little quad where <laughs> we would like lay under the trees and play Frisbee and just, it was actually quite a beautiful campus right in the middle of yeah, I know. Brooklyn there. I'd live so, not far
1: from there. I ride my bike past there quite often, so I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I was surprised. We went to the Brooklyn Grange the summer um, when I came, when I went to visit my mom and my brother, and we walked over to Pratt from the Brooklyn Grange. Like, I was like, wow, I'm surprised at Mm -hmm. how close this was. And uh, yeah, so it was interesting. So um, let's see, what else do you want to tell listeners about the courses? Like Because a lot of my listeners are certainly interested in, um, you know, either becoming market farmers or I call them green future growers. Like a lot of them have either fairly large gardens or just are interested in building like a green business or something off of, and I'm sure they would be interested in these classes.
1: Mm -hmm. So our classes, um, the certificate program for farms NYC is really intensive, as I said. So, um, it's 20 different courses that students take. It takes two years at least to complete the program. Um, and so it's a, it's a level of commitment that, um, it's not for everyone and it's not for everyone at every point in their lives. Um, uh, but we have other, um, points of entry into our courses. So, um, starting in the springtime, we have, uh, some individual, courses available, or if you're not enrolled in our certificate program, you can take one course here or there as it interests you. Um, and those courses, they range in, in terms of how long they are, um, and they're standalones So for the most part, you don't need a prerequisite of another course to take one of these courses. Um, one that I taught for many, many years, and this is the first year I won't teach it myself, um, it's called Propagation, and it's all about working with seeds and working uh, with transplants and really how to uh, work with um, seeds on, in scale. So if you're working um, or have aspirations to be a market gardener, it will give you a better sense of what it really takes um, to, to do that kind of work and looking at the resources that you might have available in your own home. Uh, And, you know, just kind of maybe something as simple as getting a grow light kit or finding a sunny window, Um, all the way up to looking at some much larger production scale um, farming systems here in New York City over visiting greenhouses and really getting a better sense of, you know, how all of the seedlings that are um, sold and come to being um, through um, operations here in New York City. So uh, it's a hands-on course, and um, there's also kind of a lecture component to it as well. And all of our courses are meant for people who are uh, full-time working adults. So uh, they are evening courses and weekend courses, and those are the the class times when um, when people are able to really have that flexibility to take them. Um, And so folks can visit our website and get a better sense of what we're offering, so Propagation is one. We have a soil growing soils course, which is all about soil science from a, a practical perspective, and so you get a, a real sense of hands-on what a farmer needs to know about soils and building soils and caring for them. it's um, which is a real lifelong, um, you know, experience and relationship with land. Um, so that's another course that we offer. Um, so there's a, a wide range. It's maybe about 10 courses that are available just for um, for anyone in the public. And you also do some smaller workshops throughout the year, too. So um, some of those are free in partnership with uh, different organizations in the city. And that's another way that folks can find a way in if they're interested.
0: Cool. I can't believe I've never heard of this organization before, or maybe just... Uh... I don't know. Um, it just sounds like lots of opportunities and what sounds like great about it is they're very hands-on, very practical. Like it, it seems like a no doubt it, you know, what you put into it, like if you want to put in a two year time commitment or you only want to put in an afternoon, maybe you're going to get a lot of, um, actionable, like hands-on type of, um, Instruction because if you're actually going to a farm or a garden where it's taking place, it's a lot nicer than going and maybe sitting in a college classroom at like a university. Or am I misunderstood? Like maybe the workshops are at like a classroom?
1: Mm-hmm. No, the, usually the even the smaller courses are, are you know outdoors somewhere, outdoor adjacent. Some portion of it will be outdoors. Um, for the most part, um, yeah. So there there is that hands on component, which is which is different and. Also, you know, I think that I talk a lot about courses when I talk about farm school because that is core of what we do. But, you know, so much of what we do is also um, helping hold community and space, building community uh, amongst people who are um, growing and um, interested in, in social justice issues here in New York City. So um, people come to us and stay with us and stay within our community because they really are finding that like-mindedness around um, how to grow things sustainably to help the planet and to help the people who are on the planet as well. So that's a really big part of what we do.
0: So, like, do you have any, I don't I mean, it sounds like you've like a million golden seeds you could drop, but like major tips or uh, th- steps or something that you would share with listeners if they wanted to maybe I don't know, start like a community centered sustainability project in their place or like a tip that was like a number one thing they could do to be sustainable in their own environment or I don't know.
1: Mm. I um I like the first question in the sense of, you know, um people you know wanting to have some impact on their community and I think that is uh, people come to us with that belief and that hope and wish and desire and the first thing I usually say to them, and, you know, this is a big part of what our, our teachers or faculty or our staff um, tell folks, is that you, you really need to check in with what's already happening in your own community. And I think it's it's easy for us sometimes in, in a big city like the one where we reside and, and work to um, be a little isolated in some sense from all the different things that might be already going on here. Um, but to really tune in and see if there are projects that need, that need some support, um, it's often really tempting to have an idea that, you know, we think is, is wonderful and want to run with that. Um, but oftentimes there's already something existing that is also a wonderful idea. It might not be yours totally and it might not be something that is, you know, uh, connected directly with what you're trying to do or what you think is best. But if it's ingrained in the community already, and there is community support for it and interest, sometimes it's better to really help those projects that are already in need of resources and need in time and investment, um, and to really help build that as opposed to building something else, which might just kind of compete for resources, you know? So I often ask people to check and walk the neighborhood and see what, what things are already happening, what community gardens might need support, What community centers might need a volunteer? um, That's a a great way in. It doesn't mean you even have to kind of um, abandon the idea that you may have already had, but just that involvement and interaction can really refine and bring more um, uh, uh, depth to the idea that you may be considering um, and change the way that you're looking at it. Um, I think it's that's really one of the things I think is most important is to, to connect to what's already going on around you.
0: Boy, we could sure use you in Congress right now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're just, like, uh, very eloquent and just sound like you really have a lot of, like, background knowledge and just, like... like uh, a personality that's really good at like bringing two sides of the, you know, or multiple sides of the table together and working with diverse groups of people and just putting the planet first. (laughs) So, um, well, Well, that's really a big
1: part of our, our ethos at farm school. You know, we are um, in every way I was telling you, you know, we really work at diversity. We work at inclusion um, and that is work. That is not something that you just kind of like find a couple of people and mix them together. <laughs> um, there's ongoing challenges that are inherent in working in community and working across different perceived barriers and differences. Um, and that is just daily practice. You know, it really is. Um, and it, I think it's applicable no matter what kind of work you're trying to do, whether it's growing growing food or um creating policy so there's definitely a you know a, a relationship there and and I would also say you know just that it's important to mention that not everyone that leaves farm school or comes into farm school is looking to be a full-time farmer you know so many of the people that we work with um are, are definitely on that path and that's one of the things they want to do with their lives and growing food will always be central um to that um, and there are also people who come in um, as lawyers, as policy advocates, as nonprofit professionals, as teachers and educators. There are so many things that people learn by knowing more about their food system in this very visceral, um, you know hands-on way of themselves, work by farmers and learning from farmers, that go impact our food system and the broader sense. Of, of the whole ways that we interact with our food system. And that is key because ultimately that's what we're trying to do at farm school. We're really trying to seed this change for sustainable agriculture and a more just food system. And we do that not only by making more and educated and activate. Uh, I'm losing
0: you. Mm-hmm. Can I call you back? Uh-oh. and try- We'll try it again. I'm just going to yeah. hang up and call you right back.
1: I thought I thought it was being worse. I hope this was better. Um, but I was talking about um, the diversity of farm school and kind of what I think is in some ways the deeper meaning of that. <clears throat> so I'll give you one minute to reset my thought around that, how I got in there.
0: Um um let's see you were talking oh, about okay i was talking about the
1: food system in general that's
0: what i was saying so one thing that makes
1: farm school different in terms of farmer education not educated just farmers and that's because our broader goal our, our aim our vision a more just food system a, a, a food system a larger food system that really um, corrects the inequities that are uh, part of our systemic in America best and healthy for all of us and that takes more than just farmers I think farmers are the foundation of that in so many ways and farming and uh, feeling that very visceral connection to land is a huge huge part of grounding ourselves in what solutions should be for a food system. I really believe that. Uh, but it takes more than just farmers. It takes lawyers and policymakers and teachers and philosophers and activists. And all of those people are people who we accept at farm school. Um, they all are in the same courses together. Um, all of those people also love to grow food. That's uh, another thing that they have in common. Uh, but when they leave farm school, they may have their own farm on a, cur- on a commercial scale or they may not, but they stay involved with the deep work, the life work of changing this food system for the better, for all of us, for the planet and the people on it. Um, And I think that that's what's um, so deep and so exciting about working for Farm School for me is this larger goal of a more just food system that we're creating together.
0: And boy, is that essential because like, I don't know how my husband and I got on this yesterday, but we were looking up, how many people there are in the world and like in 1927 they broke two million people in the 19 in 1927 and then in like 19 what was it when we got married maybe it was like 93 or two million like the millennial there's like five million people and now Mm. there's seven million people like but all the way up until 1927 there had never been more than two million people on the planet and it's just billion. My husband's like, billion, billion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And just we saying. need to mm-hmm. figure out our food systems because what we're doing right now is, like you're saying, it's completely unfair. And, and there's no reason for there to be, I don't think, hungry people anywhere on the planet. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason why any people on the planet don't have access to healthy water. I don't know. Maybe it's because we live for six years without running water. That water is just like such a huge piece to me and just seems completely unacceptable in this day and age that there's Mm -hmm. and then the last one of course is education but just um so I am really excited to hear about this so like if they take like the people that are in the certificate program it's almost like a college course but it's so hands-on and just seems so applicable um I love that part about it
1: Mm. yes I agree I think I love it too like I have a a
0: little young son now, so I'm
1: not able to go. I used to go to almost every class just because I loved being in that environment so much and being hands on in the soil and really forming community and relationships with our students in that really deep way. And I'm not able to do it as much as I used to, and I miss it so much. I really do.
0: Well, you know, our paths always change and you might be back there before you know it. And, um, and the, and the experiences that you've had, that you've taken with you, that you're sharing with us and finding other ways. Like maybe I, last year, my, um, motto was life happens for you, not to you. And then this year it's, uh, motivation is earned. Um, but anyway, Hmm. just kind of like, you know, really appreciating all the things that have been given to you and. Um, I just feel like, you know, I'm sure, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. uh, I just think that, that it's part of your journey right now to be like it on is. the phone with me sharing this with my listeners, um, instead of down in the dirt today.
1: <laughs> I know it's true. I want, I just, I, I would like to bring some more balance to that this year. Uh, but it's very true. You know, it takes, um, all different types of roles um, and responsibilities to to run the school and so my responsibility today is to speak with you and it's really been a pleasure i love talking with other gardeners i love people who are enthusiastic crazy plant lady like myself so that is uh, a joy
0: well cool well i've been like my eyes are like ready to go buggy because like i said tomorrow's my four year anniversary since I launched the organic gardener podcast. And I've been trying to release this course called, well, it's free organic garden course, but there's going to be a book that if people want to buy the workbook with it and just that piece is harder. The course itself is easier because there's like no limit to it. Cause it's online, but getting everything to shrink into this book that people are going to be able to afford to buy that covers like the topics just at least enough. I feel it to give people a basic, starting point i thought it was going to be done so long ago and just every day and so i know exactly um <laughs> but i'm super enthusiastic right now cuz i feel like cuz it's funny when i first started my podcast i didn't garden at all and i felt like i had a really brown thumb and then i've really got to spend a lot of time in the garden this summer and just i've come so far since and and i think in the last 4 years i've spent more time in the garden than i did the whole first Well, my husband and I have been married 25 years. So the first 21 put together, just like I've learned so much. So I I guess I am pretty excited about now. And it's just like, I, it just melts my heart to talk to somebody who cares about the planet, you know, and, and the whole social justice piece, because my show I'm one of the few shows I guess out there I mean I didn't really realize it but I guess a lot of other gardening shows don't talk about politics I was reading in an organic gardening magazine I found from back in like the early 2000s where they were getting letters to the editor saying we don't like your politics or get your politics out of gardening and are, and they wrote Dale's was like no this is an essential part the two are not separate you know we feel like caring for our planet is essential and So it's really nice for me because in my regular day-to-day, I don't get to meet people like you. And my husband's a news junkie, so the news is on a lot. And um, it's just really nice to talk to somebody who's as passionate about changing our planet as I am. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the way my listeners are. That's why I call them green future growers. And we're just all kind of like in um, it together to change our world. And I don't know if I told you like on Monday nights, my show is broadcast on uh, progressive radio network, which is out of New York too. So there's a whole bunch of extra listeners out there that are probably oh. going to be very interested in maybe taking one of these courses or checking out what you do. Like I know, um, cause they're right there, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I went and visited their studio when I was in New York uh, last summer and they're like right by Penn Station like a couple blocks away it's pretty fun uh, but okay. I'm sure they're, they're you know listenership whatever is all over but yeah so uh I don't know what else do you want to like is there anything we haven't covered or that you want to share or uh, I don't think so I feel
1: like
0: we covered some some things
1: um, no, unless there's any other questions that you have for me, I, I, uh, yeah, I just it's been a lovely break in my, my day of clicking away at my keyboard. <laughs> I really appreciate it.
0: Well, cool. I, I made myself take a break and walk down to my mailboxes, um, before I called you, because like I said, I've been pounding away on this book for days now. And like, I was like, I'm going to release tomorrow. And uh, if it gets done, it's going to be a miracle, but I'm pretty close. So, uh, (laughs) anyway, I, it was delightful to talk to you and thank you so much. And for listeners, we'll share farmschoolnyc.org is their, um, website you we can learn about all these great classes and like the best thing about workshops i think and fun like is get, meeting the other people that are taking the classes like when we yeah. went our tour of the brooklyn grange um it was so fun to meet the other people that went with us and we were all walking around and we made friends that day and so uh i think people would like to get to go take one of your courses just to make some friends yes i totally
1: that is Always, something you know, that people say is one of the best takeaways of being a farm school student is finding like-minded folks that really they can uh, grow with.
0: Well, thanks so much for sharing with us today, Onika. And you have a wonderful day.
1: Oh, you too. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And I'll look out
1: you. for the, um, so it be broadcast on the Progressive Radio Network.
0: I should look that up. Yes? Yeah. Online? Okay. Me too. Get your copy of the organic oasis guidebook available today from Amazon for just twenty-six ninety-five. And it's got twelve lessons designed to help you create your own organic oasis. Um it starts with healthy soil. It talks about building an earth-friendly landscape. It helps you understand the difference between annuals and perennials and how to bring in beneficial insects. It talks about fruit trees and just um all the lessons that I've learned on my podcast mixed with what Mike and I have done here. Okay, what Mike has done here at Mike's Green Garden and just um I hope that it will help you on your garden journey. Uh, to create, like I said, your own organic oasis, um, where you can have healthy food and enjoy, um, you know, a very special place. And most of all, it's good for mother earth. Hey everyone. Have I told you about the forager project? They're a hundred percent organic plant-based food company based in California. Dedicated to making a world a better place than they found it. Don't you love that? They make yogurts, kefirs, all these cool things out of organic cashews. Do you know that cashews are actually a seed on an apple? Yeah, I found the coolest um, video on cashews anyway so they turn these cashews into sour cream cottage cheese milk yogurts. um they're really delicious they sent me samples actually in a fedex box with ice it was so cool um they're absolutely delicious forager project is passionate about creating healthy organic plant-based food and equally passionate about nurturing a healthy democracy. They believe that voting is the most essential ingredient needed to do this. Forger wants to inspire everyone to get out and vote. And that means you participate in our democracy. They provide voting resources and information for you at forgerproject.com forward slash vote. Or on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, etc. at Forger Project. Cultivate democracy, vote hey there green future growers would you like your friends and neighbors to create an organic oasis too Would you like others in your area to learn about earth-friendly practices for their gardens and yards if so we would love it if you would share the organic gardener podcast with your local community or college radio station today thanks again for listening and remember grow local